Good morning, everyone. It's a uh, honor and it's a privilege to be here sharing with you today. And I want to thank you for giving me this opportunity. As we continue to pinch hit for Pastor Steve as he recovers from his back injury, um, just humbled to be a part of the group that is shared. And I know Ruben shared, Ron shared, understand, you know, Cal did a, a wonderful job uh, last week. And um, so it's, it's great to be a part of that. But probably the thing that I'm most excited about when I think about Caring Community Church is the next person that comes up front and speaks. And that will happen sometime, hopefully sooner um, than, than later, because Caring Community has always given people a chance to develop themselves, given them a chance to do things that when they walked in the door, they didn't necessarily think they were going to uh, be able to do. So I'd ask you to be open to it as we have our discussion today. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for this time today and for those that have gathered. You know their hurts, their dreams, their love for you, their desire for you, and to lead them in their life. Father, you know this church from the decision years ago when Battle Creek First Wesleyan decided to plant a church in Albion, when Pastor Steve and Diana answered your call to come to Albion and embark, embark upon a decision that would profoundly change their lives and in turn the lives of hundreds of people. Father, many people have served this church over the years and we just thank you for them and their service. Father, let what was started years ago continue, not just today and tomorrow, let your will be done for generations to come. We thank and praise you. Amen. Several years ago, um, my family and I took a trip to uh, uh, Toronto. It was a summer vacation. And I know it was several years ago because it was before 9-11. And what's the reason why I know it was before 9-11? You didn't need a passport. Very good. People have caught on to the bulletin, the sign, and all those things along. You didn't need a passport. But you did have to stop at the bridge or the tunnel to answer some questions. And I don't know how it is for some of you, but every so often you'll be in a situation in which you know what you know, there's no reason for you to feel uncomfortable or guilty, but you feel somewhat uh, anxious about something, and so uh, you anticipate what the question is going to be. And so when I drove up to the customs agent at the border of Canada, and they asked a very simple question, I was already prepared for the answer. And he said, uh, sir, what is your citizenship? And I looked him straight in the eye and I said, I'll be in Michigan. <laughs> and uh, he kind of looked at me and I, it was almost like one of those, I've seen people like this before. <laughs> but um, anyways, we got through that, that process. And I know sometimes in life we're ready for one thing and another thing comes and hits us upside the head. And it wasn't a big deal. But I'll share another story, which is one of the reasons why I wanted to have America the Beautiful sung. Um, it's a story of a lot of passport as well. And this story gets back to a uh, situation that occurred in France. And the story goes like this. Robert Whiting, an elderly gentleman of 83, arrived in Paris by plane. At French customs, he took a few minutes to locate his passport 
in his carry-on. You have been to France before, Monsieur, the custom agent asked sarcastically. Mr. Whiting admitted that he had been to France previously. Then you should know enough to have your passport ready. The American said, the last time I was here, I didn't have to show it. Impossible. Americans always have to show their passport on arrival into France. The American senior gave the Frenchman a long, hard look. Then he quietly explained, well, when I came ashore at Omaha Beach on D-Day in 1944 to help liberate the country, I couldn't find a single Frenchman to show a passport to. <laughs> you could have heard a pin drop. How many people do have a passport? Just by a show of hands. Fair number of people do. Looks like this. Um, it's kind of a neat thing. I use it on a regular basis because I, I work for a company in Canada today. And um, so I go up there a fair amount. But it just kind of is a way of documenting uh, where you've come from, where you're going to. It gives you the legal right to move freely between the countries as long as you follow the laws of the country. But this is a very important piece of, of document. Just like when we sing America the Beautiful and we think about everything that our country represents, it's an important piece. And so when you enter a country and you have a passport, it's your way of saying, I'm authorized to come into the country. And yet each time when I travel from to a country or uh, someplace else, I find that things are just a um, little different. Perhaps the language is different. Uh, they speak French in, in Canada a fair amount. Or if you go into Mexico, you'll hear Spanish uh, spoken. And there's true, that's true of a lot of other countries as well. And it's not that English isn't a very well-recognized language, because it is. But things are always different. Maybe the temperature is different. Maybe the customs are different. Maybe driving on one side of the road is different. Either way, you kind of have to adjust to it. Would anyone like to venture what this is? Rolos. Thank you, Fred. Appreciate it. There you go. There you go. No. No. Now, um, th th that in fact is, is Rolos. Bought at the uh, Sitco in downtown Albion. Okay, a very domesticated product for sure. However, this would also be considered Rolos. Okay? And uh, that has a little bit of uh, French on it, so that means that I must have bought it someplace in Canada. And now that I think about it, I don't think I declared this as I crossed the border. <laughs> I hope I'm okay. Anyways, uh, they're Rolos just like the other one is, and so uh, Katie, you'll get these. There you go. A little bit bigger package for you. Things are bound to be different when you go from one country to another country. You know, it's been said that. Uh, we continue to be the same person that we are based upon our experiences of the past three years. Books we've read, the people we interact with, uh, you know, places, places we travel, things we watch, all that type of thing. And so you have to be real careful as to what it is that is getting your attention because that's the way, one of the ways in which you can grow as an individual. A short time ago, a friend sent me an email. They were seeking a new position within their organization and they were looking for a little bit of guidance, uh, maybe some areas of leadership development, some areas of 
um, ways in which they could be more more vocal or be more uh, um, participate more in the leadership of the organization. And I was so pleased that they reached out because the reality of it is, is we're all in the state of becoming. Doesn't matter who we are or what we're doing. And sometimes you may have said to yourself, you know, I really like the things that I'm doing, but I'd really like to dig into this part of my life. And I'd really encourage you to do that, and, and that's part of what we're going to talk about today. But my emphasis is you're not alone, is that everyone likes to look at different things and say, you know, I'd really like to develop in, in, in some of these ways. And um, that's not always comfortable, but it is probably something that's necessary. In the book of Exodus, um, there's a couple passages. Exodus 4.10, um, and you see it up here on the board. Moses said to the Lord, Pardon your servant, Lord. I have never been eloquent, neither in the past nor since you have spoken to your servant. I am slow of speech and tongue. And then the Lord responded to him. And he said, Who gave human beings their mouths? Who makes them deaf or mute? Who gives them sight or makes them blind? Is it not I, the Lord? Now go. I will help you speak and will teach you what to say. You know, I said before, I think this message is a little bit about change, but it's also about development. As a congregation, we're experiencing some of that change that's going on. And this is good. It used to be that a good number of attendance for us was maybe 60 to 80, maybe 100 on a great day. Today that number is 130, 140, 160. It wasn't that long ago that we had Easter Sunday in which, um, where's Tony? I saw Tony here earlier. Tony's, Tony's in the classroom. All right, good, great. Tony's uh, bringing in chairs, more chairs, more chairs. And we looked around, do we need more chairs? The answer was yes. And we brought in 15 or 20 more chairs. And guess what? Those 15 or 20 chairs got filled up. It's great news, right? These are changes that we're going through. If you go down to the classroom, sometimes you get 10, 12, 15, 20 kids in a classroom. That's great. That's good news. It's stretching us. It's causing us to change a little bit. And I would say it's our job. I would say it's our privilege. And I'd go one step further to say it's our obligation to help those that are seeking a relationship with God to provide a way for them to be reached. I want you to pause for just a second and think about some difficult times that you've gone through in your life. And the nice thing about this is, is that this is a question that I can ask to any group and every one of you within your own mind can think of a difficult time. It doesn't matter how old you are, how young you are, it doesn't matter where you're at in this world, we've all gone through some difficult times. And I think about those that have gone through difficult times that don't have a relationship with Christ and don't have that comfort of knowing that in the end things will be okay. And so that's part of why when we talk about this growth that it's so exciting because others that may not have that same um, belief system can be reached. And those that have that same belief system can be re-energized every time because sometimes we get a little bit stale in our walk. Pastor Steve uses a phrase and it's called doing life together. 
And I think it's a great way of saying it. It's only three words, but I think it has a lot of meaning because it describes what it is that we're going through. You know, as I think about um, some of that, though, it does require us to step out of our comfort zone a little bit. And when I think about stepping out of our comfort zone, I, I think about a time about 20-plus years ago when we were back at the uh, Free Methodist Church. And there was, uh, Lynn and I had been, been coming for a few months, and um, uh, there were some people there that I knew and others that I didn't know. And quite frankly, you may feel yourself in a similar situation. There's some you know and some you don't know. But the thing that jumped out to me was that <clears throat> there was this gentleman, somewhat of a big guy, that uh, came up to me, and he had something in his hand, and it was a Bible. And, uh, you know, sometimes, ladies, you wonder what uh, men talk about, and you wonder about some of the language or the way in which they exchange information. Well, I'm going to give you some insight on this one, okay? Because this, this man was very eloquent to me, and that I respected him tremendously, and he handed me the Bible, and he said some words that I will not forget. He said, Bible. And... Um, I looked at Ron Owens and I wanted to fit in and I wanted to say the right thing and so I said, oh, thank you. <laughs> and while I make fun of the words that were used, I'll never forget the fact that he reached outside his comfort zone to give me something that I needed, okay? And that lesson is what we all have to give to people regardless of where we're at, regardless of how comfortable we may feel in that setting. This year, for the first time, we added a staff position known as a volunteer coordinator. Cheryl, would you raise your hand? Yeah. Okay, Cheryl. Cheryl, Mark, and their family have been worshiping with Caring Community for many years. Yet today, she does more than attend and, and help here and there. Her role is new, and it is changing how we grow Caring Community Church. Um, we added a volunteer coordinator because to get to where we want to go, we needed help in identifying the talents of the congregation so that we can better serve uh, one another. As you may recall, uh, last year, Pastor spent some time talking about uh, focusing on people, programs, and places. And one of the reasons that Cheryl is doing what she's doing is the board felt that as we grow and prepare to expand that we have to have more people in places so that we can put more programming that we will need so that when the places part of the equation comes into effect we will be ready. Okay? As a board we've talked about a variety of different things and uh, one of the pieces that we talked about was what I'm going to call a volunteer survey. Okay? And um, it basically goes through and gives people the opportunity to list down where their areas of comfort are, where some areas are that they have interest in. And, you know, people serve in so many ways as it is today, but the reality of it is, is that um, as we grow, as we challenge ourselves, we'll continue to see more time and interest in this. So I'm going to... Uh, pause for just a second because we're going to pass out these surveys uh, for you to receive 
And um, so there will be a pen and paper that everyone's going to get. And we're going to just pause for just a couple minutes. And I'd kind of like to have this be a reflective time um, as these are passed out. A reflective time of how maybe someone has helped you in uh, your life and what it was that they did. And then perhaps look for a way in which... Uh, you would feel comfortable uh, plugging into that type of service at uh, Caring Community Church. The reality of it is, is that many people serve in, in many capacities as it is. Some people don't know all the different ways in which um, the service can be. But as much as anything, I'd like to have you just take a look at it and uh, give it some consideration. Um, and then I'm going to come back in just a couple minutes and we're going to talk talk more about it, okay? As you continue to um, look at those that I passed out, I would ask that you would um, just prayerfully consider where, that, where those areas of service might be. And uh, when we're done, we'll, uh, we'll collect those. If you're more comfortable, by all means, you can take it home and bring it back next week or the following week, because this is not a short-term uh, venture. We're not going to be, uh, we didn't get to where we were at in uh, a week or in a five-minute survey. We're going to get to where we're going over a long period of time. Um, Pat Conkle. Raise your hand, Pat. Pat, did anyone uh, teach or train you on greeter and being a greeter how to say, uh, sore foot, I need a hug? No. No, no. Okay, I didn't, I didn't think so. That's a classic, though, from Pat. You, you understand that, right? Or Spence, when you first came to Caring Community Church, what did the soundboard look like? <laughs> little, little different than it does today, huh? Yeah, yeah. And Becky Zona isn't in here, but I'll ask, uh, I'll make the comment is that I've been on the board several years, but this is the first year for Becky to be on the board. And obviously there were new things that uh, she discovered as a part of it, despite her being a, a, uh, a natural leader. And so we all have gone through different stages in which the things that we contribute to Caring Community Church um, can be recognized and at the same time learning new things in the process. And I'm reminded of that scripture that I said before when I said, Moses said to the Lord, pardon your servant, Lord. I have never been eloquent, nor in the past, nor since you have spoken to your servant. I am slow of speech and tongue. And the Lord's response was, who gave human beings their mouths? And at the end he said, now go, I will help you speak and will help, you, help teach you what to say. I'm reminded... Uh, or I remind each of you that while we're serving a church and it's, and it's being illustrated time and time again, I'm always amazed at certain events. I think about at the end of each month we have a potluck. And what happens when a potluck comes? I mean, it's, you talk about a flurry of activity. We've got chairs being moved. We've got tables coming out. We've got food being prepped. We've got food being delivered. I mean, that's incredible teamwork. And it's amazing how when everyone's hitting on all cylinders, the things that get accomplished. You know, people step out of their comfort zone for one another, for the greater good. 
You know, I think about is there a mother in the audience today that hasn't had some assistance from another mother at a time in which sometimes you, you just don't know what to do. I see team members stepping up in multiple ways, whether it's teaching or greeting or accounting or worship team, Christmas musical, vacation Bible school with the um, cleaning team. A couple weeks ago, we hosted a funeral, funeral dinner and people jumped in and helped out in a way that was was just wonderful. And sometimes these things you can't count on. I mean, you just have to jump in and plug in. But the difference is you. The difference is you because you do make a difference in what's going on. But unfortunately, as each of us know, the challenge is to get a little bit better every day. I heard a saying one time that spoke to this. It says, the rung of the ladder was never meant to be rested upon, but rather to merely hold your foot long enough until you could reach to the higher rung. And that's kind of where we're at. Most people are serving, and, and you know, during this message, there's lots of people serving you know, up and down the hall and in, on the worship team and, and in the sound table in a variety of ways. But this is the part that sometimes is challenging to us. If we really are honest with ourselves and we say on a scale of 1 to 10, with 1 being low and 10 being high, and we say 10 is the most level of service I can possibly give and 1 is the lowest, I think you always have to look, at the, look in the mirror and say, all right, where do I stand? Because that is where to get from 160 to 200 to 220 to 250, you know, that's what it's going to take. It's us. It's every one of us. You know, as in order to get to where I think God is calling us to go, we need to have an organization in place to meet the needs that we'll be facing. And whether that's the classroom sizes that increase, and we have to split these into two or three different classes, you know, that's part of it. As our worship service continues to grow, we'll be faced with uh, space constraints. And the nice thing about is that um, the growth that we're experiencing is reaching more lives. The board and the pastor have asked, as one of Cheryl's key projects, to identify where each person is gifted to serve. And this survey that you've prepared and worked on, you know, will help, you know, from that standpoint. And yes, as anyone will tell you who is taught or served in some capacity, often when you serve, you're getting your greatest good. You know, last summer, um, last year was a kind of an interesting year for me. It's kind of a different year for me than I've had in the past. And um, so I was able to spend a little bit more time with Vacation Bible School uh, this last year. And one of the things that uh, I was blessed by is that as I spent time, I had a, a great young man that happened to be in my group. Could we maybe touch that slide if you would? Thank you. And um, that was kind of the result. It's a picture that I have in my house, and it's, it's uh, one that I really cherish. Why is that? Because... While I felt I connected with Jason in a, in a unique way, Jason also connected with me in a unique way. And sometimes as we go through the service that we do, we may be doing it for reasons other than what we anticipate going in. It's almost like the question about what's your citizenship, LB in Michigan. I wasn't anticipating the answer that I was going to get out of that experience. You'll be richly rewarded for the efforts to put in to reach outside your comfort zones. That much I, I certainly believe. I started this message talking about passports, and I asked a little bit about, you know, who's traveled outside the country and, and those type of things. But the reality of it is we all have a passport. We have a passport because of what our experiences are in life that we can share with one another and how we can encourage 
others. Our church is heading for uncharted ground over the next few years, and like the journey in a foreign land, there will be things that are unexpected. Uh, I'd encourage us to be prepared for that. Um, I thank you for all the service that, that you have done, and I'm looking forward to that which is going to happen going forward. If you see something that strikes you in the survey that was passed out, please prayerfully consider how you might be able to contribute and, and reach out in that area and then take purposeful action to do that. Maybe you've seen someone that kind of heads up an area in our church and you kind of thought, you know, I'd kind of like to find out more about that. Ask, ask some questions. Um, certainly we're going to uh, pursue things on the survey, but, but ask some questions. And I'm, I'll, I'll end on a couple notes today. One is a uh, scripture from 1 Peter. It's uh, chapter 4, verse 10. 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 10 says, Each of you should use whatever gift you have received to serve others as faithful stewards of God's grace in its various forms. If anyone speaks, they should do so as one who speaks the very words of God. If anyone serves, they should do so with the strength God provides, so that in all things God may be praised through Jesus Christ. To him be the glory and the power forever and ever. Amen. It's God's church, and yet we are the stewards of it. And together we will achieve uh, great things, great heights, influence others for Christ, and continue to make a difference in the world that uh, surrounds us. So I'd like you to uh, bow your heads in, uh, in uh, prayer to close. Father, I thank you for this time today. I thank you for the things you are doing at Caring Community Church. Father, I thank you for all those that have reached out, that have, uh, on an ongoing basis, do an incredible amount of work, incredible amount of service to make this church what it is today. Father, I ask that this uh, survey that we've passed out would be uh, thought upon, would be prayed upon, would be reflected on. Uh, Father, I would ask that um, you would prompt where hearts uh, could be prompted and that uh, there would be a continued growth in uh, meeting the needs of what, our, of what we anticipate going forward. Father, I thank you for who you are. I thank you for how you've blessed our church. And I just ask that you would continue to do so. In these things I pray in your name. Amen.